Hey, Touch Em All listeners, Derek Wetmore here. Special episode for you today. Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad sat down with Twins Chief Baseball Officer Derek Falvey on Friday, December 7th. They are playing it on the Mackey and Judd show, so you can catch that. It's 4.15 and 4.30 that they'll be playing that interview Friday, December 7th. But if you've already missed that, no worries. You've got it here. Full interview will be posted on Mackey and Judd's show page, which you can find on iTunes, whatever, Apple Podcasts, your podcast app, wherever you find your shows. Find the Mackey and Judd show and subscribe to find the full interview from Twin CBO, Derek Falvey. Here's the interview. I liked the stuff on their off-season plans heading into the winter meetings. Hope you guys do, too. Hope you enjoy the episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Uh, Derek Falvey's with us here. We had, we had Jason Starks, a regular on our on our show during this. We had him on yesterday because he wrote an article with some inside information about how the commissioner's office and the competition committee are mm-hmm. talking about reducing or eliminating certain kinds of shifts yep. that this might maybe be in play for 2019. If baseball decided, listen, for for pace of play reasons, because we don't want every other pitch guys moving around, or just to put more batted balls in, into play and yep. and make it more exciting. If if baseball cracked down from a front office perspective, how would you feel? Yeah, you know, I, I I look at it this way. Uh, I'm I'm probably this is what's unique. I'm I'm progressive thinker in a lot of ways, but I also recognize that making specific rule changes in the game of baseball is is pretty significant, and it changes the way the game is played. And I'm a b- big believer that I don't think we always think through the unintended consequences of those changes. I don't know what making that rule change will do for the game five years from now or ten years from now. I think the I think what's special about baseball for the last hundred plus years is that when uh, it's cat and mouse game when, when pitchers adjust hitters adjust and then pitchers have to adjust back and then you know hitters adjust. so I, I my view of this is I think there's um, I think we just have to be very patient and, and careful about making specific rule adjustments that we may a couple of years down the line look at and say is that is that was that the right thing for us so I just want to be yeah, I'm certainly supportive of studying this and learning and and finding ways to impact the game more uh, more on the field but I think when you when you change mound heights or you do things you have to be really thoughtful about what that means do, do players like shifts and I, I say that because I see more and more surprisingly I think pitchers don't because it sounds to me like if I'm a pitcher and and you shift and it works that's great but if a ball goes through shortstop and my shortstop was supposed yeah. to, to be there I'm po'd at that point do you find when, when you try and explain the why of shifts do players like them Derek or do you find it that there is an adversity to them across the board including pitchers you know it's a, it's an interesting point because I think you're right if you show a guy data that hey the shift saved him a hundred hits but he gave up 10 right the 10 are the ones that he remember and and I'm not I'm not certainly not educated enough to speak on this but uh, trained psychologists will tell you that's pretty that's a that's a psychology element you know that losing something is worse than gaining something on the other end that's a real human reaction so I get that I understand that I think this again gets back to the education piece though when you show a pitcher that information and that data they tend to buy in they want to get out right they want to see how it impacts their team so I think that um, I think that there is some some conversation with some pitchers that would rather just give up the hit, you know, to right field that maybe would have otherwise been caught by the second baseman playing deep, uh, than give up that ground ball to shortstop. But I, I, you know, over time, I think that's changed. I think for our pitching staff in particular, the group I can speak to, they understand the rationale behind it and they see the positive benefit. Uh, so just to, to switch gears here, and uh, you guys announced yesterday officially, Jonathan Scope on, on a one-year contract, uh, second baseman, he's mixing at third base. C.J. Crone, I believe, has one year left on, on his team mm-hmm. control. So 
if, if you could speak to a couple additions that you've made this offseason, but also just to, just to throw out a preface, it feels like you guys have made a pretty concerted effort the last two or three years to, A, build up young talent mm-hmm. through trades and yep. through you know whatever means, but also when you supplement in free agency and via trade, it's been short-term deals. It's been... Uh, at least the ones that you've landed to sure. this point. So can, can you speak to that strategy? Yeah, so, so I think uh, talking about that last point first, I, I think a little bit of a, a different kind of approach to last year and this year, and even though we ended up with more one-year guys, kind of entirely different circumstances in my mind. When we look at this past, uh, this past year, 2017, we were very fortunate come February that we felt there were really good fits for our club. So guys like Lance Lynn or Logan Morrison or otherwise, that was a unique situation where maybe on the back end as you were going into the season, it started to become uh, reasonable to in, to think about one-year deals. This year it's actually on the flip side. We're on the front end of the conversation. C.J. Crone's a unique one because he was a waiver claim, you know, so someone who uh, had been placed on waivers, so his control is whatever his control is. We didn't invest in any longer term or shorter term. Mm-hmm. We just agreed to an arbitration salary. But then in Jonathan Scope's case, you know, a 27-year-old second baseman who uh, was one year removed from being one of the better players in the game at the position, uh, certainly performed about as well as anybody, dealt with an oblique injury early this year, and I, I can tell you that from my experience with guys who've dealt with that and talking around the league, those things can linger and really impact the season. So Jonathan, he knows he didn't put up his best last year. He tried to fight through it at different junctures and didn't quite perform, I think, the way he would have hoped, certainly. We all, we all know that, but this is a chance to get a guy who's one of the younger guys in the free agent market at a position in need who we think is one year removed from really being uh, an impact guy so it's just worked out in that sense where for him maybe the one year is best both on both sides where it gives him a chance to kind of rebuild where he needs to be going back into free agency I think if uh, if we had looked at the end of 2017 at Jonathan Scope we would have thought this is setting up for you know a pretty pretty big free agent outcome here at some point along the way I think he wants to get back on that track so we understand that from a from a length standpoint so for us we're supplementing our core I do believe that you build championship teams around an internal core whether you trade for it or you develop it internally a young core has to sustain your success moving forward and in our particular situation i think we're really attentive to how we impact the the that team with with complementary pieces and you know I, I think about our first free agent deal here was a three-year deal in jason castro so we're not averse to multiple year deals but you have to be thoughtful the more years you go out how it impacts your club Speaking of people, Derek, what what did you learn last year, last spring? You, you signed mm-hmm. Lynn and that group, mm-hmm. and we all thought, I'm sure you did, mm-hmm. we talked about it. This is fantastic. Mm-hmm. These guys are still out there, and it's February going into March, and and they're not extremely expensive, and they're going to help. What did you learn about people, though, who are somewhat disgruntled by, by their lot in life? Because that's the one thing in that clubhouse that I started to see, and it actually made sense. I didn't think about it at the time. But, you know, if you're Lance Lynn, you're thinking, I'm going to hit the market in November and I'm going to get this big contract and it doesn't happen. What what did that teach you about people? And and now when, when you're signing guys, I think you're truly getting guys that, that want to be here as opposed to, oh, my God, I'm desperate. I'll sign with you. Yeah, I think last year was such a unique year. Right? You had those, uh, to your point, you know, we went into spring training seeing that there were some guys still on the board that were – maybe somewhat surprising to still be there and you know when those conversations transpired and we had a chance to talk to Jim Pola and he was supportive made a lot of sense right for our team for where we were coming off of uh, the 2017 season felt like we were in a good place so in my mind um, going into it the thing I think you we did learn a little bit was the combination of maybe the experience of going through the offseason the challenge of that I don't take that lightly for a guy you know who goes into an offseason maybe expecting something and not ending up on the same uh, at the same 
place on the back end of that. So I, that that is something we've learned. But at the same time, I would say one of the challenges maybe we did learn league-wide was getting those guys into camp really does matter. And, and when they get started and when the season starts. I think in, in Lance's case, you know, great example, I'm not sure he was quite where he needed to be come opening day. You know, and, and we saw really the way he pitched down the stretch in New York, which was kind of more maybe what we would have hoped to see over the course of the longer period for us. Um, but, you know, he, 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 worked, he worked his tail off to try and put himself there. He just didn't quite, didn't quite work out, I think, the way he wanted for the year. So I think we, we learn a lot from every free agent cycle. We, we don't really – I don't want to take too much from kind of one, one experience here or there because I think there were guys across baseball, whether it was Mike Moustakas or J.D. Martinez or others who you know went into situations and really had great years as well. So in my mind, I think we just want to be attentive to the culture is always important. You know, we started this off talking about analytics versus some of the cultural elements in people. We always need to be attentive to what the culture is in that clubhouse and the people we bring in. I feel like you guys are sitting on – like a 10 to 12 win swing just based on Byron Buxton and Miguel Sano in 2019 and, and going forward. Uh, what hope is there for both of those guys? And they're, and I know they're not one person, so you can address yeah. them separately, but what hope is there for those guys to have the light bulb turn on and for them to be the core star players that everyone hopes that they can be? Yeah, you know, in, in hindsight, looking at the back end of the year, you know, we went back to our preseason projections and kind of where we thought we'd be and what can we learn from what what transpired. And I think the, the key area for us looking at our roster last year for different reasons, but to have we had three what we would consider top 50 position players in the game, you know, in, in those two guys who you just mentioned and Brian Dozier. And, you know, with that group, we didn't quite get collectively what we would have hoped out of that. You know, no one's running from that most notably the players. And I think that when I look at guys like Byron and Miguel and, um, you know, again, we end up bucketing them sometimes. I like to separate it too. You know, I think they both went through different trials last year. You know, there were struggles for a lot of different reasons on both sides, but we know they're both immensely talented. We've seen flashes of that, whether it was the fir- for me, since I've been here, the first half of 2017 for Miguel and what led into his all-star appearance and then the second half of Byron, you know, and what he was capable of doing. All of our young players have kind of put together stretches of time where you see if it can be consistent over five to six hundred plate appearances. Now you've got a really interesting core. So, you know, whether that's Eddie Rosario, Byron Buxton, Max Kepler, uh, Jorge Polanco, you know, at different junctures, Miguel Sano, obviously Jose Brios, those are some of the young players that we think we have that if they put together the full spectrum of what we think they can over the course of a season, you know, we have a real chance to impact. And we have to stay healthy, right? At the end of the day, last year, one of the big challenges, I, I looked at our roster and I said, okay, of our opening day starting roster, or what we would have thought, um, outside of Max Kepler, and we lost everybody for some period of time. Byron went down. Rosie didn't finish the year. Miguel, of course. Polanco dealt with the suspension. Brian didn't have quite the year he had. You know, Joe at first had a concussion and missed a good chunk of the middle of the year. We lost our starting catcher, you know, a month into the season. And then our starting, our opening day starter was Irvin Santana. And, you know, that didn't go quite as well as we would have hoped. So our view of it is you got to stay healthy and then you got to have that group perform the way we see it. But that's why we see high variance in this club that can take the step back that you're talking about. You know, the 10 to 12 win swing, it's possible with this team that you could see that in a very short period of time because it's a young roster with real talent. And we'll see where it goes. What is a Buxton's state of mind right now, and in in Sano's case, I guess more importantly than his state of mind, what's his shape right now? Sure, <laughs> sure. So both guys, so Byron and I have connected a, a few times since the season had ended. Um, texted with him over Thanksgiving, and you know he's 
He's in a good place. Talk with his agent. He's in a good place around. He just needs. He wants to get healthy. He wants to focus on next year. That was the plan at the end of the year. Um, he's hitting. He's doing everything he needs to do. So right now we're focused on just putting him in the best position to be successful. And just in talking with his agent recently around, he represents some other players as well, free agents and otherwise. I know he's really in a good place mentally. Uh, in Miguel's case, we've been very attentive, probably more so than the average player in terms of check-ins in the offseason. Don't blame um, you. So, uh, so, and that's, hey, that was part of the plan. We said that right at the outset. So it was going to be you know, a couple of weeks down of just let the season end and, and digest, and then from that point forward to check in every week around where things are with his workout plan. He spent time with our minor league strength and conditioning coordinator, Ian Kadish, who built the plan, who was really uh, impactful and effective when Miguel went down to Fort Myers during that trip uh, early. So Ian spent time with him in the Dominican. They put a plan together. They have a very clear kind of month-to-month focus, uh, and he is uh, the benefits of technology now, right? He can film all his workouts. He can send back all kinds of information. We make sure he goes back to the to our complex you know, to get uh, to get some check-ins and things like that. So, uh, so far, so good. And then we anticipate him coming to Fort Myers at some point here in December, and then as well as in January, and hope to get him uh, you know before before spring training. So, the more we can focus on getting his body where it needs to be, physically strong, he's going to be a big man. We have no doubt about that. But I think making sure that he can move the way he needs to move and put himself in the best possible position to be successful is important to us. So Joe's gone now, mm-hmm. uh, and and I, th- I think the the outside point of view from this building is going to be the twins got all of this money just go spend it you know and people are i mean as as you know by now there's a lot of people in, in this town dying to say cheap poll ads right sure. how do you respond to those fans who expect you to go to vegas and beyond and just start to spend all all of this cash because the 23 mils off the books and there's just a lot of cash out there for you well two things one one's a one's just a fact you know the first one which is we carried our highest payroll in, in club history last year going into the season like that's that's just a straight fact and anything I brought to Jim Polad and Dave St. Peter and otherwise they blessed so if we think it's a good baseball decision you talked about those one-year investments late those were not you know small necessarily they were one year certainly but uh, they weren't small and we carried a, a pretty significant payroll in the last year but I, I also think that you have to be careful equating payroll with team quality all the time right i think you have to be you have to be really attentive to how you invest and where you invest and i think that my view of free agency and and this is just this is this is also just in my mind a fact when you look at past seasons and investments and long-term investments uh there are times when you want to push in on certain types of players and they fit you and they fit your young core really well there are other times when it may not be the perfect fit and so you just decide that while that's a great player and and maybe he fits a different team and their their time horizon a little better and 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 the team and the need that they have on their club. Uh, I, there were certainly players last year in the market that we felt like were great fits for somebody, but maybe not for us in the outfield, say, you know, something like that, where we thought those would be good investments, but not with the way our outfield was set up. So my view of it is, I feel like my job as our head of baseball operations is to recommend what I think are the best investments across baseball operations that could be in technology that could be in coaching that could be in our health and performance and nutrition initiatives but also in players and i know that's the biggest chunk of what you see publicly but i'm never going to um, recommend an investment in something that i don't think aligns really well with the way our club's set up either now or in the future so the more flexibility we have the better off we're going to be to build the type of team that fans here want to see and uh, with that said, we're going to let you go because we know you have to get to Las Vegas and uh, sign Bryce Harper. So uh, <laughs> that's Machado well put. too, right? Well put, well put. You're yeah. and, and Machado, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, come on, shortstop. Uh, who are those guys? <laughs> Derek Falvey, thank you so much for taking the time. Appreciate being on with you guys. Thank you. 
Call it Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. This... Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. College duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 23.